As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Breaking down the Thanksgiving Day DFS slate on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. everybody welcome into another episode of fantasy football in 15 it is wednesday november 25th and we're gonna get thanksgiving started one day early with this episode of fantasy football in 15 i'm michael beller i am joined by Derek van riper dvr what's up man how you doing doing really well beller i love thanksgiving i love the thanksgiving day slate I used to play this even before DFS was a thing because Mm -hmm. I would have a draft with my friends over at Rotowire back when I worked there. Uh, I've done these with family where you just take these three games, you make a cheat sheet, I make one every year, have a draft before Thursday morning, and just play that out. But I like being able to take a shot at some life-changing money if things (laughs) happen to fall my way along the way. So it's nice to have both of those things going simultaneously. It's just a great way to add to what's already a really fun day, even though it's going to be different this year. Still a fun day, a way to celebrate, and just a way to add to all the fun that we're going to have with these football games. So we're going to look at the Thanksgiving Day DFS slate. We've got Texans, Lions, uh, Washington, and Dallas, and then the nightcap is Ravens-Steelers. We are recording this. As we are recording this, Ravens-Steelers is still on as scheduled. We all know that there's a possibility that this game gets postponed, moved to the weekend, something like that, but... For the sake of this conversation, Ravens-Steelers is on. So if it doesn't happen, obviously, adjust accordingly. We're going to have the conversation as though this game does indeed get played. So we're looking at a three-game slate, and typically with your when you've got these short slates, you want to stack. The stack that jumps out at me, uh, I mean the player who jumps out at me on this slate, regardless of position, is Deshaun Watson. He's going to just torch this Detroit defense. It's going to be a very fun way to start the day, watching Deshaun Watson have his way with the Lions defense, in my estimation. It's a hard team to stack this week, though, because you've got two of the highest-priced uh, receivers on the board also with Brandon Cooks. So, like, Brandon Cooks only at 5300 but you got Will Fuller at 6400 the second-most expensive receiver. So it becomes a tougher stack to get to. Is that your preferred stack, or do you look to a different team? At least for now, that's kind of my preferred stack because I think what really opens it up is I want to go Watson 
plus three for big field tournaments. Mm-hmm. I don't like Duke Johnson at all, so this Same. just plays perfectly into my do not play Duke Johnson <laughs> mindset. And if you go Watson with Fuller and Cooks, and then you take Kiki Kuti at thirty four hundred, that opens up the little bit of extra salary you need to kind of do whatever you want with the rest of your lineup. So it's three Houston receivers. I think you have to go into that expecting to play another receiver in your flex spot, which will absolutely make sense as you start to put it together. Um, You could definitely swap out any one of the three receivers for one of the tight ends in Houston and then mix and match other receivers from the other games in that spot if you wanted to go that route as well. Uh, But I do think Houston is the stack that I want the absolute most of the teams available when we look at the matchups across the board in this three-game slate. I think it's the one I want most too, and it really does have almost everything to do with Watson. Um, If I was going to make an argument for another stack, and I haven't submitted any lineups yet, so I'm going to be playing around with this. And the one that I come back to as uh, one that could also be attractive is a Cowboys stack because you can get Andy Dalton to start things off. He's $5,600, $1,800 cheaper than Deshaun Watson, as he should be, should maybe even be more. (laughs) But then Amari Cooper is just $5,700. CeeDee Lamb is $5,400. And then you can also fill your tight end spot with this stack by throwing Dalton Schultz in there at $3,800. And so that gives you, you basically have about, you know, I'm not really uh, doing just some quick back of the napkin in my brain math with these two stacks. You would have about the same amount of money to play with at your other positions. And, you know, one of them you're filling a wide receiver spot, the other one you're filling a tight end spot. So it's a little bit different, but they cost about the same. The Dallas one is a little bit cheaper. And then you can go into the other positions with a similar amount of resources. So that's another one that I would at least consider. I would go through the building exercise with both of those, and I would think about them compared with one another before I necessarily committed to one. I also think you could get in on Pittsburgh, and that's going to be a little bit more expensive of a stack because of uh, the the cost of the the Steelers receivers. But Deontay Johnson, 62. Chase Claypool, 61. Ben Roethlisberger, 66. That's not a bad way to go. You're going to have to save elsewhere if you go with that one. Yeah, we'll have to see what the status of Juju Smith-Schuster is as we get closer to Thursday. Um, If he plays, maybe you could jam in all three of the top receivers. Same as the situation in Houston, you could pivot away from the third receiver and maybe throw Eric Ebron out there at 4,100. He at least gets some looks in the red zone. Mm -hmm. Stacking against Baltimore will probably be relatively unpopular on this three-game slate, so I think you get some leverage over the pool, whereas I do think the Houston stack we were describing is probably going to be the most common stack of all. I think the interesting thing too about loading up on on Steelers, you know, you're going to want to have some correlation there. Gus Edwards is really cheap. And if you believe that the Steelers are going to throw a lot enough for a three pass catcher Steelers stack to go off, you also have to be in a situation where the Ravens are putting points on the board somehow. Obviously, you can't play Lamar Jackson and Big Ben in the same lineup, but in that sort of script Gus Edwards would almost certainly have to be doing some damage, and the Ravens would have to be working with an early lead. So, you know, with Dobbins and Ingram on the COVID-19 list, I think that just sort of steers you right toward Gus Edwards if you're going to stack up a group of Pittsburgh receivers. 
you know, regardless of stacking a group of Pittsburgh receivers or not, do you have to play Gus Edwards? He's $4,000. I mean, this was obviously set before the news on J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram, but he's the same price as C.J. Proces. He's the same price as Tony Pollard and Peyton Barber. He's cheaper than Carrion Johnson is in this uh, in this Thanksgiving Day slate. I mean, is he someone who you have to play regardless? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think I like him most in lineups where I load up with Pittsburgh that way. I think in lineups where I'm using only maybe one stealer, I'm probably not playing Gus Edwards in those spots. I think he'll be a little too popular at the price overall. So I think you have to be doing something a little bit contrarian to play Gus Edwards, at least in tournaments. You're going to play a cash game on Thursday at 4K. I think you're right. The usage and the projection almost make him a lock at that price. But I do think for the tournaments, you're playing the $3 wishbone or trying to find a way to win that life-changing money in a massive field tournament on a three-game slate. You have to have something very unique with Gus Edwards, and Gus Edwards has to come through for you to justify playing him. Yeah, Gus Edwards plus that Pittsburgh stack. I mean, and it's nice that he's at four thousand because it makes that Pittsburgh stack a whole lot more uh, financially viable, given how much you're going to have to pay to get those guys in your lineup. But those are three interesting stacks that we look at. You know, what? I'll throw I'll throw Washington out there. I mean, is that one that you can consider? Alex Smith, Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin, very chalky as he should be. And then you can round it out with you know Stephen Sims, Logan Thomas, something along those lines. Is that one that would come to your mind at all? I think that's definitely on the radar. I think McLaurin's going to be very popular. He's the most expensive wide receiver on DraftKings for Thursday at 7,000. It looks like he's going to be okay. Increased practice participation Tuesday, so we're assuming he's going to go. Uh, I think the question becomes, after you lock in Smith and McLaurin, do you build the traditional stack with another receiver and tight end, or do you actually think about someone like Antonio Gibson or J.D. McKissick. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's another way, like, ordinarily on an 11-game slate on a Sunday, I'm not trying to connect a pass-catching running back to my quarterback stack. But in a three-game holiday slate, doing something very different is highly valuable. It's one of the few ways to get some leverage. So maybe you could look at something like that as a, a viable way to mix up your Washington stack to make it very unique compared to the other Washington stacks in the line in the pool. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, let's, uh, it's, it's, it can't all be stack discussion, so let's take a look at some of the other uh, elements of this Thanksgiving Day DFS slate. Are there any players that we haven't touched on yet? And I guess we've touched on a whole heck of a lot of them, but are there any guys out there who you want in your lineup who you would feel good about throwing in your lineup outside of a stack? 
I mean, if DeAndre Swift's back from his concussion, I like him regardless of whether or not I'm going to play a bunch of Texans in the same lineup. I mm-hmm. think Swift's usage prior to the injury was reaching that level that you and I have been hoping for for a long time. 16 carries for 81 yards, five catches on five targets for 68 yards in that game. I mean, that's everything we were hoping for from DeAndre Swift. That's true RB1 usage with legitimate RB1 ceiling, and 6500 is not a typical RB1 sort of price. So I think Swift really jumps out to me. Uh, I think if you look for... You know, maybe a wide receiver we haven't touched on yet who makes a lot of sense. I just have this overwhelming amount of faith in CeeDee Lamb now that Andy Dalton is healthy. <laughs> yeah, sure. I think it's probably the result of maybe Amari Cooper for years disappointing us. And I know Amari Cooper, since getting to Dallas, has been a different player than he was throughout his time with the Raiders. But I always want to play CeeDee Lamb now that we have a little more stability at the quarterback position in Dallas. Four for 34 and a touchdown. Had a couple carries last time out. That was against Minnesota on Sunday. Uh, I think we're going to see that target volume tick back up. When you go back to the beginning of the season, 6-9-7-7-11-11 in the first six games. He was on track to maybe turn this into a 1A, 1B situation in the Dallas passing game. So I still think that is within the range of outcomes with Lamb. Um, so I think if I'm looking for a receiver who I'm going to play outside of a stack, C.D. Lamb is the guy that I really like on this three-game slate. And you like that uh, they got him involved last week in those myriad ways that they were doing before Dak went down. He had uh, four catches in that game, two carries in that game, also added a two-point conversion. So they were finding ways to get him involved. His touchdown was an end zone target in near the goal line. He had another end zone target in that game as well. So they clearly understand how big of an impact player uh, he can be, no matter who the quarterback is. And we, you know, as bad as things were, that first start for Andy Dalton and the second start for Andy Dalton, right? I mean, he gets thrown in, you know, out of nowhere with one week of practice against a tough Arizona team and things don't go well. Then he gets injured. Then he gets COVID. You know, like things were always going to get better for the Cowboys once everything sort of got behind Andy Dalton. And I still think that things are on an upward climb. Uh, They're not going to ever get anywhere near the heights of where they were with Dak Prescott. But I still think that you could look at this team and call it the team to beat in the NFC East. And obviously that's not saying much, but given where they are and where they would have to be to be the division champions, clearly they would have to play some pretty good football between now and the end of the season. Ezekiel Elliott, someone that we haven't talked about at all, $6,800. He is the most expensive running back on the slate. And uh, what, the second most expensive? Yes, the second most expensive non-quarterback, just Terry McLaurin at $7,000 more expensive than Ezekiel Elliott. You know, as I've been clicking through both before we started and as I've just been playing around during our discussion, I'm just not that interested. It feels crazy to say that, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like there there are ways to get him involved, but he's not someone who I want to build my lineup around. I want to start with that stack, and then if Zeke fits, cool, but I'm not going to build the lineup around him. Yeah, he definitely worked well when you put the Washington stack together. I don't mm-hmm. know if you have to play him. I would think he's going to be the most utilized running back on the board. I mean, I we're used so to too. Zeke costing a thousand to fifteen hundred more than what he costs right now. So I think that's going to drive a lot of the interest there. I think for casual players who swoop in, you're going to see 
you know, the questionable designation, depending on when you look on Swift, you're going to see Antonio Gibson with little red ink in the matchup column. And it's going to kind of just lead people to lock in Elliott. So I do think part of being different might be using a lot of James Conner instead, right? So if you're not doing the Pittsburgh passing game stack, maybe James Conner and DeAndre Swift end up being your two running backs. Or maybe you do a Conner and Gibson combo and then try to get some receivers going the opposite way off of those guys for your correlation plays. I think the hardest thing for me to figure out right now is who do I trust in the Ravens offense? We talked about Edwards being cheap, but especially among that group of pass catchers, Mark Andrews was held in check in his first meeting against the Steelers this season. I think he had three for 32 on six targets in that game. So that was a really quiet week for him back in week eight. Uh, Marquise Brown has been a ghost more often than not. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody in that group of pass catchers in Baltimore that you like? Because I feel like that's part of what's also driving the Gus Edwards interest as well, is that the pass catchers as a whole have been such a disappointment. Yeah, there just really aren't. I mean, even Mark Andrews is someone who, you know, you would think at $5,200 on a limited slate is someone who's not really, you know, that bad to go to because it's not like you have that many options to spend elsewhere. But I'm just not very interested in Baltimore. And I worry about the offense breaking down if Gus Edwards can't be uh, what the running game needs to be for the Ravens. I worry about that happening against a very strong Pittsburgh defense. So it's almost an offense that I want to fade minus Edwards just because of the price and what he opens up to you while also bringing volume to the table. So that's really how I look at that game. And yeah, I'm sorry, Derek, but uh, I feel like we just scratched the surface here, but we got to wrap things up. We got Thanksgiving to prepare for. It's going to do it here for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Uh, We've got a Black Friday deal coming just two days from now uh, after Thanksgiving. Theathletic.com slash football in 15. You can get $1 a month subscription for the next year at The Athletic. So be sure to check that out on Black Friday and all the way through the first week of December. Thanks so much for listening. For Derek Van Riper, I am Michael Beller. We'll have one more show coming to you this week. Enjoy Thanksgiving weekend. We'll talk to you all soon.